now tuned in to underdog talk i'm your host eric jones jr the underdog with a heroic heart and on underdog talk we i have conversations with successful underdogs and today we have another successful underdog i have devin coleman he's a communicator an author a public speaker and most of all he's a father first how's it going man it's going good man thanks for having me on your show uh, thank you for you know Having uh, giving me the opportunity to have you on the show. Um, so, uh, where are you from? Just let everybody know, you know, we're not in the same city. Yeah, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, born and raised. All right. How's the weather there? Because it's a little different here in Indianapolis, I know. <laughs> Listen, it ain't as cold as Indianapolis, but um, Jacksonville is North Florida. So, while we in Florida, we get warm seasons. It get, it get a little chilly here, too, sometimes. Y'all chili probably is warm for us. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it's different for everybody. But let's get into fatherhood. Um, how did fatherhood for you personally start off? Woo! Bro, fatherhood for me, uh, that's fatherhood for me started out with me having a child, going to prison, um, like real shortly after her birth, and right before I came home, finding out she wasn't mine. That's how fatherhood started for me. And um, it's interesting because several years later, um, I ended up having a, a child that that was biologically mine. And um, by the time she was five, I was a full-time single father. Hmm. So you, you started off, you know, you had your hopes like, okay, you know, I got a shorty on the way. You find out it's not yours. Now you have one. And now you're a full-time father. And that's not, you know, that's not the the weekends. That's not having during the week, half and half. That's every day, all day. That's your responsibility is being a father. So where were you at? Like, what was life kind of like before you took full-time fatherhood? Just to give, like, a background. Like, you, it wasn't like you was like, oh, okay, well, I'll be a full-time father. Come on, you know. So how was that for you? <laughs> um, nah, it wasn't like that. Uh, life before being a full-time father was me being in the process of putting my life together, back together. Um, I met my, my daughter's mother shortly after I was released from, from prison the second time. And so when my baby was born, you know, I hadn't been home long. So I was really still in the thick of things as far as, trying to figure out, you know, employment, whether I was going to go back to school, where I would live at, because it was all sort of restrictions, and then dealing with the stigma of being uh, an ex-felon, right? So that was challenging, challenging to say the least. Um, 
me and her mother had a had a really good relationship in the beginning. So our co-parenting was strong. Um and some things happened. And when those things happened, I, I just had to step in and assume the responsibility of being a full time dad, which meant I had to figure out life real fast. <laughs> yeah, because even just being, you know, say you in a relationship, you might not be in that relationship with the woman and just finding out you having a kid, that changes life you know, regardless of what it is. Well, I guess it depends on what kind of guy you are, but having a kid is like, oh my goodness, you know, I got to start doing a couple things different. I got to, you know, change how I'm doing this, but becoming a full-time father, especially to a little girl, because little girls are different than, you know, being a man, we know what it's like to be a little boy, but being a a little girl is a lot different. Um, they're more emotional, all those, you know, things that a, a woman has, a little girl has. So you got your daughter, you full time. What is your, what is like, what are the first like couple things that you had, that you had to do? Not that you wanted to do, but what you had to do once she got into the household. Man, I had to figure everything out. And listen, like day one, you know, you you were here. I used to hear the term weekend dad, and I would hear women talk about, man, it's different. You just pick your baby up on the weekend. And I used to hear that, and I'm like, man, men involved, men dads too. And day one, when, like, the whole structure of my life changed, I I understood what they were talking about. And I say that because... What time I woke up in the morning changed. What time I went to bed changed. Um, I had to think about, you know, how to get her to how to get her in school. Number one, um, because I didn't know I was clueless. Had to figure out like the medical scene, getting her the shots, all that sort of thing. Um, figure out how to get her home from school, bro. And I had to do that before I even realized that. Like you said, men are conditioned to protect and provide. I have to learn how to be a nurturer too. <laughs> so I had a lot of things coming at me um, real fast at one time. I, I'm I'm sure I'm sure. Uh, I I like how you were able to understand what you know moms go through. Even I think if you're a good dad and your child lives with their mom, you understand like because. My son, his mom might call me during the week. I uh, I need a break. Okay, cool. That's fine. Because you understand they got them 24-7. You really don't get a break. Now, you understanding that you don't get no break, any of those things. So how how were things like at the beginning, like with you and your daughter in that relationship? Was Was you guys tight? Was you guys like, you know, she knew who you were? You know, how was that relationship? Um, it was, it, it was tough. And and I say that for a variety of reasons. Again, she was young. Um, like going going into I want to say going into kindergarten, and um, she had been living with her mother for the it was a year period before she came to see me. About a year, calendar year, that I wasn't able to see her at all. Mm. You know. Um, so her moving in in the beginning, it was a culture shift for her. And um, I didn't understand it at first. 
prayerfully so I had like a tight support system and I wasn't afraid to ask because our future together depended on me getting this information, bro. So I had to put my pride to the side. I asked my mother about things. I asked my female cousins about things. And I asked um, my my female friends that I, that I had a, a good, solid relationship with about different things. Because like you said earlier, I really didn't have any experience um, raising a, a girl, you know? And um, they gave me some tips that 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 helped me through, even even so. Um, her name got changed to my last name, and initially, she didn't like it. She didn't want my last name. Um, it took about a year for her to get accustomed to having my last name, man. And now she's proud of it. She loved it, and she let people know, you know, who her father is and what her last name is. That's that's, that's dope, because as a man, like, having that last name, having a child represent that last name, that, like, that means a whole lot, like, to, I mean, I'm sure all the men listening um, understand that, like, having a child, or even when you're married, having someone else have your last name is is a dope thing. So that's, that's good. That shows that you put in the work. Because at first you're like, man, I'm not trying to be here. I'm not trying to do nothing you're talking about. And you went to go ask women. Sometimes we'll go ask advice to someone that can't give us advice. That's like you going to your homie just because he got some daughters. You asking them questions. Okay, you kind of can figure that part out. But when it comes to actually like their moods and different stuff. And, you know, when that woman time come and they growing up and they start smelling themselves, it's different with girls and boys because I have a um, a 16-year-old and I've seen her from, oh, you know, real little cute. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay, who are you talking to? It's <laughs> like, what, what's going on? And it's so different. And you have to, as a man, you got to um, control your emotions when you're disciplining a daughter more so than you do with a boy. So she moving, you, y'all, you know, y'all settled. So how are things like going for you? I know um, you're an advocate for fathers. Did you start, did you have to go through a process of getting to a certain point as a dad to start doing that? Or that just went along with the territory of being a dad? Man, that, that, that sprung out of conversations with, the women in my network, it was a handful of them, like five, right? And um, they used to give it to me uncut. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't call on me at all, right? And um, I, you know, I faced a lot of, of a lot of bias, bro, and dis- and discrimination. So, like, I would take her again early on, I'm taking her to the doctor's appointments, and I've had doctors ask me, hey, where's her mother? Um, I've been to state buildings, and they asked me to prove that I was her father. I was like, man, ain't no way in the world you would ask a mother, have the courage to ask a mother some stuff like that, right? And I had to make tough decisions because um, I couldn't like be disrespected or or undermine or um, belittle in front of my child because I'm supposed to be her hero, 
and I don't want her experience to seeing her father, a black man, um, being subdued in a way like that. And in talking to some of the women in my tribe, one of them was like, hey, yeah, that, that happens. She said, but what you going to do about it? Like, you going to let it burn burn you up on the inside or you going to say something? And that's what triggered me to say, you know what? Yeah, let me, like, study fatherhood. Um, let me study fatherhood. Let me study systems. And then let me, like, um, give other dads tips on how to maneuver these situations as well as enlighten um, some of the sisters of the mindset of a dad when he's dealing with those situations. That that had to that had to be crazy. Somebody saying, "Oh, is that your child?" What? <laughs> like I know, like when you said that, I was just thinking, like I would have probably, like I would have had to think because I never want to get out of character in front of my son, my daughter. So it's like for you to somebody to say that that would I would have had to breathe, you know, and everything because I'm like, what? Like you said, they wouldn't say that to a mom. You you weren't you know you wouldn't say that. And even like being just a male. Um, being a teacher, it's kind of hard with, with little girls because um, I went from being in the classroom, it was me and this lady, and now it's just me with, you know, a, a half of the class or whatever. So it was moms like, hold on, you're not going to be in the class? So what's going to go on, you know, when they go to the back? I'm not going in the rest, you know, different questions. It's like, come on now, think about it. Think of the, the school your child is at. Like, we don't do stuff like here. So it's just different being a man and being in a young girl's life because you know the little girls they always oh Mr. Air and it's like parents don't get that and that's kind of like with you they didn't get oh you're a single father full time you don't see that too often so um you start you say you start researching fatherhood you start understanding systems so what's what's one of the first things that you did um to help in the community or just to help like yourself in in fatherhood like outside of your home first thing I had to do was learn emotional intelligence mm. uh, a lot of times as men we will put our feelings to the side right because we've been conditioned to do so and I believe when you put your feelings to the side and, they, and you bottle them up they come out at inopportune times and in ways that we're more likely to be embarrassed about later on, right? And after um, the emotional intelligence, I already had a background in policy. Um, I worked on issue-based campaigns and electoral campaigns. And so I know, I know policy. Um, I know how to organize people and ideas. And um, I, that's what I started doing. I started organizing people and ideas. I think even more so, though, with my situation, I I was like started to understand that because of the education, a lot of people didn't know how to deal with me being a dad and being as engaged as I was because their fathers wasn't engaged in their lives. It it it's, it was a, you know a fatherless generation, so. A lot of people weren't encountered, weren't used to encountering men being in that space. And I had to learn how to 
you know, demand my respect at the same time being understanding of, of the playing field. They weren't actually talking about me. They were projecting their feelings onto me. Um, and, and I just had to carry myself with a certain type of dignity. And I'm going to tell you, in some spaces, like it did what it did, but in some spaces, people applauded me, supported me, and even gave me more information. Um, and in other spaces, you know, people resented me for it. Like I've had people be like, you're a single dad. What does that mean? And I was like, well, what does single mother mean? And they would answer me. I say, well, it's the same thing. And you, like you just said, people would say, you know, well, I haven't seen that. But just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Like it's a lot of things that we haven't seen that exist, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, what you were saying about um them not seeing like they're not used to fathers, like so I didn't have like I had a dad when I was growing up, but he wasn't like consistent. He ain't going field trips, stuff. He ain't going to games and stuff like that. So my kids, I've always been there. So I would go on field trips, and it's like, hold on, why is it only two dads? It you know I'm going to my son's graduation, different little kid stuff for birthday parties I'm all I was always one of the only dads and it's like when people don't see that you like you said sometimes you get half and half some people like oh okay I see you know that's good and then some people like oh what are you doing here is he single is he trying you know they might think you're trying to be on the single dad this is my son no, no I'm just here to support like it's a birthday party or whatever the case may be and people don't understand one thing you said, like, just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it don't exist. You haven't seen a million dollars, but you want to be a millionaire. So at some point, you're going to see it. And some scenarios change. Like, that's just like if a woman passes away and you become a single father. They, oh, OK, they're going to, you know, they're going to, you know, you're going to get more help. Kind of like uh, what's the movie? Kevin Hart, you know, that movie. And but right. it's no, no, it's, you know. You had to take the responsibility. You didn't like what was going on over there with your child. Hey, I'm her father. She's going to come with me. And that's what I think a lot of men, we don't step up to do that. Not saying a mom's a bad mom or anything. It, something could just have went wrong or you just don't like how they live. And it's, no, nah, you don't come, come stay with me. And when you're man enough to do that, that, that allows you to have the respect and power that you need outside of money. Because I showed that you can be responsible to take care of someone else full time. Like being a parent is a is a job. So you being able to do that, I like I commend that because I because I was at the point to you know eventually my son will come live with me. So that's why I ask a lot of questions. I'm, I'm I get excited hearing somebody else do that. And so you said you know you. Emotional intelligence. If you don't know what emotional intelligence is, you need to you need to go read your book, look on YouTube, all that. That's gonna help change your life. Because if you can't control your emotions, you're gonna be in trouble. It don't matter where you at, what what you got materialistically, you're gonna be in trouble if you can't control those emotions. So you you learn to control your emotions now. Um, one thing I think we we haven't talked about throughout this whole process, you said you were a felon. So how, like, as you're working in the community, I'm sure that comes up or, you know, somebody, you know, say something. 
how did that did that affect anything or did that um you still were able to continue on with you know learning about fatherhood and teaching people in the community about it or was it something that was a roadblock for you oh, man so yes it's a roadblock it you know and it's because of the perception right but I'm committed like I'm going to raise my child um, and I'm going to be the best dad that I could be so you know when people talk about overcoming obstacles like that ain't just a cute catchphrase that I say you know what I'm saying there's some things that I had to go around go over and run through straight up because if I didn't um the lifestyle that my daughter would live, the the things that she would be exposed to, um, would have been limited, and that's really that's that's sad because um, like I paid my debt to society, right? And um, mm-hmm. but in punishing me, people didn't realize that they were punishing the next the next generation of my lineage, right? A lot of times when we talk about people that been through the system. You want them to take care of their children, but don't let them get jobs. Like that, that doesn't make sense. And if they free, that mean they did whatever the court said they needed to do to be free. So at that point, it's about how do we reintegrate these people in society, especially since 95, 95% of people that go in the system are going to come out at some point. At some point. Um, again, I was very resilient. I had a support system. And and I just optimized my skills, man. I had I was in college before I went away, and when I came home, um, after a certain point, I said, "Let me go finish my degree." Right. So it was college for me. But I got I got friends that been in the same situation. You know, they went in college. They didn't go to college, but they had trades. So they came home and worked their trades, and just found a way to navigate. But like today, that's still man. Listen, this year. So just talking about the challenges this year. Um, I had someone want me to like prove that she was my daughter, and I had the birth certificate right in front of their face. I said, "Look at the you don't see the birth certificate with my name on it, her name on it, and you got my ID." Um, and and in addition to that, I want to say in 2018, I was looking for somewhere. Move, move somewhere to live. Me and her was looking for somewhere, found somewhere nice, man. Filled out the application, all that. And um, they called me in when I was supposed to pick up the keys and told me I couldn't stay there because of my past in front of my child. Sad thing about that was they had a term limit. It was 10 years. And my, my incident happened way over 10 years ago. So um, that bias is still there. But that's what pushed me into like developing myself so I could create my existence and not always be dependent on um the goodwill of someone else. Mm. That that is that is sad. Like what you just said about like somebody you know, they they show you that they've changed and they can go out here and work. And they want to provide for their child and they can't because it's because it could be somebody that gets out, you know, they got a child, they not with the mom no more. 
and they want to, you know, get back in their child's life, and it's hard for them to do that. And that, that really, <laughs> when you said, like, you went to apply for somewhere nice for you and your child to live, and they told you no nah, in front of her, it's like, wow. And that's how the system is. That's, you know, it's, it's set up for if you make that one mistake for to mess you up for the rest of your life. So if you're young, old, whatever age you are listening to this, don't let 10 seconds, 15 seconds take 10 to 20 years, or it could be the rest of your life because you might not do a lot of time, but you got a certain charge on you. And now when you get back into society, you're not able to that you need to do because you might not have the resources or people around you. But I heard you say you went to college, but your homies that was in the same situation, they went and got a trade. They did something to be able to kind of overlook that, you know, incident that happened or that um, record that they have. And a lot of times people don't have those resources. So I'm, I'm sure that you're one of those people that are helping men get those resources when they get home so they can, you know, be a better them. And then if they do have children, you know, be in their children's life. So through, through this process, you know, you said you had different hiccups. You still, it's 2022 and you started this years ago and you still going through issues because of that. Um, so what particularly did you do in the community? Did you go speak? Did you start a mentor program? Did you, you know, just get with some people and, you know, kind of go visit? What what was the things that you personally did, like, in the community as you started to advocate for fatherhood that you started to do? So, first, um, I, I had to learn what happened to me, right? Mm. Then why it happened and how can I prevent it from happening to others? Meaning, when I got sent to prison, I was in college. Um, going into my senior year. So how does a person that is like never been in trouble before and that you see on the right path, so it's obvious they made a mistake, how do they end up in prison, right? And that's through that's through policy. That's through policy. And that's what made me get involved in doing um, nonprofit work through this organization that I was working with, right? And as a result of that, I learned about policy, I learned about process, procedure, and elections. I learned about issue-based campaigns. So I worked on, matter of fact, um, I want to say it was 2018, Amendment 4 in Florida passed. It was to uh, give returning citizens, that's the politically correct term for ex-felons, the right to vote because we didn't have the right to vote. We were barred from it, right? I was the communications director um, for that campaign. Mm. So I learned about messaging <laughs> and, 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 and storytelling and how to frame stories um, to not only get empathy, but to arrive at solutions. And, you know, in the middle of that, I joined BOSC, um, the program that Kendall Ficklin ran, the business of speaking and coaching. Just to hone some things, man, and sharpen up my sharpen up my skill set because so much other stuff depended on it. And because people saw that I was genuine, genuine, um, and I man, I'm not about pointing the finger because I did, you know, I did some things to put me in a position as to where I could go away and, and do time, right? 
I did some things. Um, and people saw that I was sincere. So I ended up on the board for juvenile justice. I was on the board for the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. Um, and talking to older brothers about fatherhood and really just being a pupil, Mr. Jack introduced me to um, fatherhood training, man. So I was a part of the Northeast Florida Fatherhood Task Force. And as as a result of that, you know, I got introduced to a new world of like just literature and then different organizations that really want to begin to reintegrate dads into the family because the data shows that when dad not involved and, and I'm not even talking about living with the family, but he has to have some contact with the child. Otherwise, it's a fact the child going to have low self-esteem. They're not going to do well in school. Um, they're more likely to to go into the system and they they are uh, more likely to attempt suicide. All of those can be um, lowered just if dad is involved in some capacity in the child's life. So that even made it more urgent. Then I learned about like infant mortality, crib deaths and, and things of that nature. And that and a lot of those things are preventable. And it's preventable if we teach dads how to like take care and nurture the child. You know what I'm saying? How to hold the child, how to put the child to bed, what signs to watch um, for the child. So I just start to advocate just like we teach moms these things we need to teach dad this thing too so when mom have to work overtime or mom want to go back to school she feels safe leaving her baby with dad because dad now has the same training that mom has you mm. see what I'm saying so it, it, it's things like that and then just pushing the envelope um, even forward more forward now I'm involved with um, Florida ounce of prevention like looking for ways to prevent child abuse um, be on the front end because on the back end of it, even if the perpetrator punished, the child still have to live with the trauma, right? Mm-hmm. But if we can get ahead of it, if we can get ahead of it, then we have less children enduring those circumstances and doing some work with the Florida Institute of Child Welfare. Man, like I'm, I'm all the way live with this thing. Um, I was blessed to be able to have a program at the YMCA Guy Talk and and uh, my role there is like really to talk to the young men middle school and high school about decisions about choices like you just said the, the emotional intelligence like how how we respond to a thing in five minutes could affect the rest of our lives but at, the, at but understanding that you know the brain don't fully develop to the mid-20s you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's vital in order that we can get back to raising young men to be who they need to be. And people would say, I have a daughter. Why do I spend so much time with young men? And I say, it's because I have a daughter. I spend so much time with young men. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> you, you want to make sure if that the, the little possible little homie that want to talk to your daughter, hey, if you didn't went through my program, if I seen you, I know you, I feel a little bit better uh, knowing, you know, you're on the right path. But one thing I heard you say, you took boss, but you said you took it because it was going to affect those that you were working with, that it was going to 
it was going to be part of how you part of your solution to the problem and sometimes men women we don't do things that we that's for the future sometimes you got to take a class sometimes you got to do something different i obviously you do a lot of research because the stuff you're talking about you know you hear about i hear about it in schools and different things but some men don't know that especially being a father i know when my son was little I used to check on them like every five minutes, like, hey, you, you still breathing? You know, like, because they sleep, <laughs> different stuff, and it's just learning on the fly. But, you know, having a mom there, she can show me, okay, this is how you do this. But actually having a, a male show you is going to be it's gonna be a lot better because if you have questions, you know you can go to somebody that's going to help you rather than you might just ask somebody you know in the neighborhood and they give you, you know, their little – little advice that they they thought was right but you're actually putting in the work you're going to different places you're researching which is very important that whatever you do i learned that you have to research if you don't research you might as well it's just like uh somebody playing sports you got to watch film if you don't watch film you don't research you might as well just stick to whatever you was doing before that but do do them saying you know you got a daughter why you know you're doing the kids what is going on with your daughter? How is that relationship as you guys are growing? Because I know her seeing you being a positive influence and all that. I know she's like, okay, that's my dad. But how is your guys' relationship through, you know, you're working in the community, you're working mainly with men and young boys. How is she feeling? How is that going? Man, it's, it's, it's super cool. <laughs> I'm going to tell you because um, when guy talk started i'm doing it and she used to want to go she used to want to go with me like dad i want to go she she enjoyed watching me do it right and girl talk began so now she coming um to the center a lot more and i'm thinking you know we think man the children don't want people to know that you're their parent she was telling them off real that's my daddy you know my daddy like and i'm like okay like she understand what I'm doing, um, she proud of me, and she understand um, how it relates to our thing. But I'm gonna tell you something. I had to check myself big time. Um, I say between like two thousand seventeen, eighteen, and towards the end of eighteen, it made me do a shift. And and the reason why is in me doing all the work. Um, in the community, I wasn't spending as much time with not only my daughter, but the young ones in my care. And what I mean by that is, like, my little cousins and my nieces and nephews, they're like, look up to me and value me and need me, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all these kids need help because they not getting the time and the attention, right? So I need to be on my post and make sure the people under my care get their time and attention as well. Um, so I had to be more more strategic about what I did, how I did it, and let you know the youth under my care know that um, they are a priority. Even if that meant I had to miss some things, like you no, know, I ain't tripping, ain't no second guessing about it, like. I'm going to be involved. And I had to take it a step further because a lot of times as dads, as men, we'd be like, if they want me there, they'll invite me. 
But Ooh. kids don't necessarily think like that. Um, because they see us on the grind. They hear us talking about the things we're trying to accomplish. They hear us talking about the things we're trying to do, um, the challenges we face. They hear us, even if even if they don't let us know that they hear, right? So mm-hmm. that child will will be less likely to say, hey, show up to this if they know you tired, you always tired when you come home from work. So we got to take it upon ourselves to show up in a way to show them that they're a priority. <laughs> that's that's funny. I was having a conversation with um somebody, two dudes, and we was kind of talking about that. because uh, one of the guys was talking about his daughter's uh graduation and she only had two tickets. So she invited her mom and her mom who got a man, so them two went. And uh, he had just, you know, splurged out on her um, on her prom like a few weeks before that. And he was like kind of upset that she didn't tell him um, about it. But then he still was going to go. But some, like someone passed away in his family that day. So it kind of, you know, didn't work out. But he had to explain to her, like, even though you didn't invite me, I was still going to come because I know after you graduate, you come out to the parking lot, you see me there. You know, that's going to be a good thing. The reason why I couldn't come is because of X, Y and Z. And just him being able to know that even though I didn't get invited to the main thing, I still got to come to this this other just to be there for. That's that's big for uh, kids, because like you said, uh, kids don't always um, know what to do. Like when it comes to my son's about to be eight, if I don't call him, he never going to call me unless he wants something because he don't he don't understand, okay, I need to call my dad sometimes. Like, if I'm calling him every day, checking on him, he, he gonna call me eventually, like, hey, dad, you good? How you doing? What you doing? You know, stuff of that sort. So, as a parent, we gotta show them kind of what we want, like, not what we want them to do, but just give them an example of things that we want. Because you can't tell, you can't have a six-year-old and be like, my kid don't call me. They're six. What do you mean? Like, they not thinking about talking on the phone. They thinking about eating snacks, uh, you know, playing with their friends, whatever the case may be. And I like how you said you, you had to say no to some stuff. Yeah, I, I can't do it. I know nope, I'm, I'm with the kids and I'm, I'm like that. Like I know on the weekends, cause it seemed like on the weekends that I have my son, that's when everybody hit me up. No, I can't. I know I got my son. I'm spending time. Even if we don't do nothing but sit in the house. No, I can't go out. I can't do nothing because he here and that's our time. Um, and it's so funny. Because like you said, uh, kids watch you. So sometimes I'll be in the living room, my son be in, in the room, and he'll come in, Dad, what you doing? And seeing he see what I'm doing, he just he just want to know. So he's like, oh, you, you making a design? How you do that? So, oh, okay, you want to make a design? Give me your tablet. Let me download this for you. And, you know, I, I took him through the first little steps. He made his own design. But just from him, me understanding that he's watching me, I included him with it. Like the same thing with your daughter, you included her. Like, oh yeah, you could come. Now they got girl stuff, and now she's like, yeah, this my daddy. Yep, yep, yep. Y'all see that dude over there talking to the boy? That's my, that's my pops. And that shows that you're doing stuff right. Because kids sometimes, even if they got a cool parent, they might not be like, oh, that's my dad. You know, they, some kids are weird. They don't want to tell people who their parent is. But then if you got somebody that that's my dad, you know you're doing something right. And I applaud you for that because. 
some dads, you do everything right, and your kids still act like they don't. They still act like they don't. You're like, okay, hold on. you All that stuff you got on, you know, I, I, I did that. They don't care. They long, But long as you show up, though, like you could buy your kids every single toy. You could buy them everything they want. But if they got a game and you don't show up, that's how they're going to remember. And I, right. a, a lot of a lot of men, because it's more men, women, they're going to show up. You know, moms is always there as men. Your child wants you to show up. Sometimes you got to, hey, can I get off early? My son got a game or whatever that case may be. So you can sacrifice and your child understands you're sacrificing whatever work, whatever you got going on for them. And that that'll run a long way. So. Um, what do you, what you got going on? I know you're an author. Your, your, what, what, what's your book? Give us a small preview of like, what's your book about and what are the things that you're doing now within the community and, um, the things that, yeah, just now what you're doing in the community and a little bit about your book. I got more questions, but I'll ask that in a second. Yeah. Um, the first book was Prisoner to Poet, Thoughts of an Incarcerated Soul. It's deep. It, 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 was, it was my therapy book, um, my thoughts and feelings while I was going through the system. And people that actually read the book said they under, they felt like they understand me. Um, Turning the Curve got postponed, but we're going to roll that out this spring. Um, And as far as what I'm doing now, like I'm like solely locking in on fatherhood um, on the state level. And and hopefully soon the, the federal level, just because I see the need for it. Um, I got my video series on YouTube under Devin D. Coleman, but I got three series. Right now I'm doing, I'm celebrating Black Dads, highlighting one dad every day for um, Black History Month. Um, because it's a stigma that Black Dads are not involved in, in their children's life, and that's false. That's just what we see. So I'm highlighting Black Dads. And in addition to that, I had a fatherhood series and and fatherhood tips to, you know, put some stuff out there so men can walk this journey with me, man, and understand that they're not, not alone. Definitely tune into his YouTube series. Um, I watch them here and there. Like, I definitely have went to your website. I went to uh, watch some videos when I was like, Mm, I had some dad questions just wanted to watch some videos on fatherhood and I went you know watched a couple videos I see you post um the different dads every day um which is commendable just by being able to post every day but being able to have different dads that you can highlight and they're not all the same they don't work in all the same field they're different you know human beings and uh that shows because that stigma is so wrong like when it comes to black dads, like I know a lot of more good dads than I do bad dads. And that's just not the people I'm around, like my homies. I'm talking about men in general. Like I know a lot of good dads out there um, because a lot of us didn't have dads and we understand what our kids need. It's not always about um, not having a dad and doing everything you wanted your dad to do. It's about doing everything you need to do as a dad for your child. And I commend you on having those series and dropping it. Like, uh, I know you were dropping on Fridays. I've seen the different videos. So go check out his YouTube page. I had the links uh, connected to this episode, especially fathers, even women, because sometimes women 
y'all don't know how it is to be a father is is more so we know how it is to be a mother because we had a mom you know sisters and aunties and grandmas and sometimes a lot of men wasn't in there and you can get different uh, perspectives by listening to men just like we get different perspectives by listening to women so um you say you're on a state level i'm sure you're gonna be on the federal level soon and you got another book coming out um what are the, what are some of the things uh before i ask for the three tips what are some of the things you and your daughter are doing now that you guys been together for a minute you working in the community doing everything like how what are you guys doing as father daughters because sometimes as a father, you don't have a lot of ideas to do with your daughter or you got to figure out your daughter to do the ideas that she likes to do. So what's some things that you guys are doing? Man, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, so we have daddy-daughter time and it's interesting. Um, sometimes it may be music. Sometimes it may be a movie. And we alternate. Like, I might pick the music or a movie, then I let her pick the music in a movie. And that way, our worlds combine. Because mm. a lot of times, we live in our world, and we want to put them in our world, and we don't know anything about their world. We don't know what they slang. We don't know what they like to do, what they like to eat, those type of things. And as they grow older, that riff will get bigger. And one way I found to counter that is to, like, immerse yourself in their world. Like, don't always call them in your room. In your room, sometimes you go in their room, you know. Mm. Um, and with that being your child, you get to know them. You you can sense and feel when things are often not right. Uh, another thing that we do is we in the art now. Man, I I got in the art because of her, because she like art. That's her way of expressing herself. Two D and three D art. So we do that. And um, this past year, like. When the pandemic opened up a little bit, we go into museums now. And it's 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 cool because that's out of my element. So I'm out of my comfort zone. She out of her comfort zone because it's her first time and we get to experience it together. Um another thing, we take trips together. And it, again, it's experiencing different places. Um, and exposing our mind to new ideas so we get to experience it at the same time I, because I want to speed up her learning curve. Like you said, a lot of things that we just finding out at our age just because we weren't exposed to it. So if we give it to our children a little sooner, but when they ready for it, but still sooner, um, that'll put them in my position, in my opinion, in a better position for the future. And we read too. We go to the bookstore. Like she got to read a book, man. She got to read a book, and I think that's important because, you know, the more you read, the better you get at writing, and then also you learn about reading comprehension. And when we look at where the world going, like, in school, of course, but in real life, past school, you need to know how to read, and you need to know how to comprehend and understand in different environments. Mm. I, I I love it, man. That 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 gives me some stuff to think about to even just do with my son. Um, but I love that you you said you you listen to her music, she listen to your music, you go into her world and she, you know, as a kid, they're always gonna be in coming to our world. We in the car, we playing our music, whatever. 
but just to be going their world. So with my um my 16, almost 17 year old, she listens to rap music and she might be we would be in the car and she listened to something they got, you know, the cussing and all that. And she be like, oh, let me turn this off. And she respects that she in the car with me, even though she know I listen to some of the similar stuff. She just understand you, you my dad. So I need to cut this off. Or I'm like, so you listen to, I asked her, who I, uh, Lauren Hill, you know, some of the old, old, older um, generation, like Nas and Jay, she's like, yeah, I listen to them. So I, you know, I listen to what she listens to sometimes because, yeah, I, some of this new music I, I don't, I don't get into, but then, you know, I transfer it over. Even with my son, he's a little younger, but I, you know, uh, with him, he like TikTok and Fortnite. All right, what you doing, son? All right, let's do some TikTok videos together. Uh, Fortnite, I'm not good at shooting games or none of that, like those games, but I'll still, you know, play. Or he got uh, what he, he got a Switch. So when he come over, I'm like, hey, bring your game so we can play together because that's what he's doing at home. So that's where I'm like, all right, how's school? How's life? You know, we having that conversation because I stepped into his world. So that lets me know I'm doing something good by, you know, going into their world and seeing what's going on with them. Cause like you said, um, you can be detached from your child, like not going and seeing what they're listening to or what they're slaying. Like my son, he'd be like, uh, something good. He'd be like, it's bussing, bussing. I'm like, okay. Uh, I said, he's like, what you know about that? I'm like, dude, that's just a different way of saying however, whatever word I told him. And he, I was like, everything that you got slaying, <laughs> I've already used just in a different form. And it's so funny seeing his face like, oh, really? And it's it just it's just cool to see his face like, oh, my dad knows slang. And it's like, yeah, bro, like we used to talk like that when I was your age. But um, I love that you say you guys go on trips and art. I love art. Like me and my son, um, if you guys, uh, it's called Art Hub, and they show you how to draw basically anything from scratch. So I learned that by being a teacher. And me and him, that's one thing that we do is art. He, uh, he draws the pictures. I color. I like to do that. So that's one thing that I need to, you know, take him to a museum because I'm sure that's a whole different experience going to an art museum, seeing actual art and different stuff like that. But I love everything you say that you do with your daughter. And I know that took some time. That took some ups and downs to get to you guys' relationship. And it seems like you guys have a great relationship. So three tips for fathers that um not single father just a father in general that they can um that can help them have a b better relationship with their child and to be like a better father um or things that they can do to become a better father so stop trying to be perfect and then build your support system um so i'm a dad at, at the range that I'm in, but I don't know everything, even though I study. So now I got other dads that I chop it up with, man, and we'll call each other, check on each other, and then just talk about different experiences. And that that increases my my repertoire of knowledge and my worldview. Um, don't be afraid to do that, and um, and learn how to be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. Um, I am like I know how to say when I'm at my limit, uh, what I know and what I don't know, and I could do it in a way where you ain't telling all your business, but at the same time, you 
you you curb expectations. And I think people respect me because of that. They know they can take me at my word. A lot of times as men, we we'll say we'll we'll bite off more than we can chew. And I've learned that it's better to underpromise and over deliver. I like that. I like that. I, I think I just learned because I something by you saying the vulnerability. Because I think sometimes when you're vulnerable, you can't over talk or tell too much of your business um, to where someone could try to use that against you. But you have to, you know, learn how to not tell everything, but also be able to still express yourself. So I definitely learned something about that because I know um, just by being a people person and talking, I'm not really shy. on Like if I'm comfortable talking to you, you might you'll be able to get into my world. But I got to, you know put a, a boundary on that so what is an underdog quote that you have for fathers somebody that's they going through it right now as a dad they like man this is a lot harder than i thought something that can you know inspire and motivate them to get up and do something oh um all right i say it again i say we need to focus more on what we leave in our children and and not necessarily what we leave to them. A lot of mm. times, especially right now, people want to give their children everything that they didn't have, right? Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's fine. But it's certain morals and values that you have to leave in your children so they appreciate what you give them and know how to multiply it versus squander it. Because remember, once you, once you, um, once you know how to do something, you can continually do it. You see what I'm saying? So if we leave the right stuff in our children, they'll be all right. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> yeah, that we gonna we gonna let that one breathe. I'm definitely that's definitely gonna be a clip because that is what you leave in your children man that, that was good i appreciate you um coming on dropping knowledge being transparent um how can the people reach you um you told us your youtube but how can they reach you if some somebody got a question tell them about your series you know your website all that information and i definitely will have that on the uh details yeah everything Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube is Devin D. Coleman, D-E-V-I-N-D Coleman, everything. Um, On my website, it's a contact form, so you can send me emails. Also, yeah, pay attention to that website because I'm turning up a notch this year. I'm going to have resources for for dads put on my website as well as um, a workbook that I'm working on for fathers that I want to roll out round for round June, our month, men's month. I love it. You heard him, Devin D. Coleman for everything. Um again, appreciate you coming on, taking your time out your uh your evening and dropping some knowledge on our fathers because definitely um you have a lot of resources. You have a lot of women talk about mothers, but I love to hear dads talking about being a father 
and being able to help each other out because just like motherhood is hard, fatherhood is hard is just as well. You guys can reach me at underdog talk podcast at gmail underdog talk podcast on instagram and facebook you guys have any people that you want to hear get on if you have any suggestions if you want to get on those are the ways you can reach me um you have any last words uh yeah man just i would say stay encouraged and remember that you you know you're playing a long game when i first when i when i was on my road to redemption um it was challenging at first, man, but going through it, I built the resilience and the muscles that I needed to be where I'm at today. And on that note, peace, one love. Man, that was